Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts, it's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember. Together, click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. This is a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. I am here for a bit of a shorter episode here today, but nonetheless, we will be talking about every single game, just like we have for the entire MLB season, we have yet to miss a day, and we are not going to be missing a day anytime in the future. We're going to open up with what I feel is probably the biggest story of the day here, which is this ridiculous and dramatic slide for the San Diego Padres here as they play the Colorado Rockies. In the bottom of the first, Colorado gets scoring going with a Trevor Story RBI double, and then a C.J. Crone home run scores two to make this a 3-0 game. This was tied by Fernando Tatis's 21st home run of the year and a Trent Grisham two-run piece in the top of the third. But from there, Colorado gets another run from Brendan Rodgers before San Diego makes it up as far as 5-4. And then in the bottom of the fourth, Elias Diaz is able to hit the game-tying home run as Colorado pushes past San Diego to a 7-5 spot. Jake Cronenworth goes yard in the top of the sixth, and then with Carlos Estevez on the mound for Colorado, Trent Grisham hits a sack fly, which scores Tommy Pham to tie the game up. Unfortunately for San Diego fans, 
Charlie Blackman comes up with runners in scoring position in the bottom of the ninth and is able to pull out the walk-off win for the Colorado Rockies. And they have now been swept, or I'm sorry. Yeah, now the Padres have now been swept by the Rockies here in Colorado. Um, Certainly not anything you'd expect when you look at a 38-win team and a 28-win team. Uh, We've I'm still very firm on the fact that Colorado is nowhere close to being a, a good team or B a team worth competition for anybody. So, or in the right direction, as I should be saying here, um, Estevez will go ahead and get the win here. His second of the year after blowing the save, the loss will go to Adams out of the San Diego bullpen. Blake Snell got the start here. He went three and a third allowing nine hits, seven earned runs, two walks. His ERA is now up to a 5.72. So this has just been, you know, with, with how strong he looked in Tampa last year, I'm not sure what they were doing with him as he came back from this injury. I'm not even sure what they were doing with him before, like, he came up as he was developing to get him to what he was doing then. But like this is his first year out of Tampa and we are now seeing with plenty of time on the board, a two plus increase in his ERA at five, seven, two compared to a career ERA of three, four, eight. Those are drastic differences to his numbers. And I'm not really sure where he needs to go to fix it. We certainly will be having people on again, particularly hoping to have, uh, Friars on the Farm, our Belly Ups San Diego Padres Farm System podcast on maybe they can shed some light on what they're seeing there, but this has just not been a good look from him. From one sweep to another, we've got one more here this day, not one more, but one more important one potentially, as Kansas City may be ready to go on a huge slide here. We've got the Tigers and the Royals and scoring started with a solo piece for Alberto Mondesi in the bottom of the second. And then in the top of the third, Heimer Candelario hit an RBI double to tie up the game. From there, Kansas City is able to get up as far as 3-1 before a Detroit response in the bottom of the seventh as Willie Castro hits a game-tying home run and then Scott Barlow throws a wild pitch, allowing the grossest man in the league, Robbie Grossman, to score the go-ahead run. They extend that with another wild pitch score in the top of the eighth to make this a 5-3 game before Nomar Mazzara hits an RBI in in the ninth to put this game out of reach as the Tigers win this one 6-5. Give the wind, Tariq Skubal, another very strong performance from the two rookies. I believe they are. I believe they still have rookie status for Detroit in Casey Myers and Tariq Skubal, who, again, two of their youngest top prospects are really starting to show their stuff here. He had six innings, allowing three earned runs and seven strikeouts today. The loss will go to Greg Holland out of the bullpen, who went a third of an inning allowing two hits, three earned runs, and a walk. This is after Brady Singer only made it three innings, 
allowing four hits, one earned, and two strikeouts. So, of course, this is also this is significant because we have seen dramatic uh, struggles from teams that have played the Tigers and gotten swept. I mean, the Yankees certainly did not have their share of fun after being swept by the Tigers. The Kansas City Royals had their great winning streak early in the season where they ended up leading the division, was brought to a screeching halt with a dramatic fall back down to earth when they got swept by the Royals, or by the Tigers, excuse me. And, you know, I just, I hope we don't have to see more out of front more bad from this Kansas city team, because that could result in them having to make some moves that I'd rather not see them make because they have a lot of really interesting pieces on this team that could be quite good. I mean, Whit Merrifield, again, one of the best runners in the league, you love to see him around a guy like Salvador Perez, who is now back up at 853. He's been probably the best power hitting catcher in the league over the past year, two years, in terms of home runs since 2020 started, he is lapping the group. You got other guys like Alberto Mondesi that are playing great. Andrew Benintendi has had a come a bounce back year, certainly not a guaranteed all-star like people were thinking he would be a year or two ago, but still a very solid player. So they've got a lot of decent pieces here, pieces that should put a team in, in terms of offense, over a 30 and 37 record, but we will see where things go from there. Next up, we've got Miami and St. Louis, and this one came down to one play in the bottom of the ninth. What else could you expect it? And it is Yadi Molina who hits an RBI single with runners on. This one goes out to left field and allows Paul Goldschmidt to run on in for the game winner. The Cardinals win this one, one to nothing. Give the win to Helsley out of the St. Louis bullpen after Oviedo went seven innings, allowing no earned runs on six hits and four strikeouts. The loss, sadly, certainly the bad beat of the day, easily the worst beat of the day, is Sandy Alcantara. He went eight and a third inning, allowing six hits, one unearned run, a walk and seven strikeouts. That is a beautiful line for a guy who his four and six record is certainly not matching his 309 ERA this season. He has been impressive along with other guys like Rogers in this Miami rotation. And again, props to any guy who can go along these days. I know the trend is, oh, none of these guys should be seeing the lineup more than twice it's a bad idea. It just shouldn't happen. No, anytime you can have a guy go eight plus strong like this, I mean, I would still count this as eight strong or nine strong because if he's going, he obviously there was plenty of issues on that Miami team. They've got three errors on the day. Um, easily a contributing factor to them not being able to, him not having the earned run there and them not being able to win the game but even eight innings strong you're getting so much more life in your bullpen in the middle of the season I will always question until I see them win whether a team like Tampa who uses their bullpen so much 
is going to be able to make it in the postseason, even if they had a consistent lineup. Like teams like Oakland, teams like Tampa, they don't have the most impressive lineup top down. However, with the way their numbers work out, they're going to score enough runs in the long term to be able to make this all work. They're going to be able to make all of the run, all, get all of the wins that they need to get in order to be successful. However, in the playoffs, that's not necessarily a factor you can always count on. Well, their thing has always been the pitching, but I think overall, I mean, you see it with, um, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but their top, their top reliever last year on the World Series squad did not look like the same pitcher that pitched those 60 games in the postseason. And they relied on all of those guys, particularly him, a lot over that course of time. And the guy I'm looking for is Nick Anderson. So perhaps, I mean, again, it's kind of speculation here. Are we relying too much on the bullpen at this point? We're, we've, we're gone past the days where guys would consistently go seven innings. And now we're asking sometimes for seven innings consistently or six innings consistently out of our bullpen pitchers when you're only going to let them go at, at maximum once through the lineup. It just seems a little unrealistic for a 160-some-odd game season. But let us move on to the Tampa Bay Rays and the Chicago White Sox, a great segue here. And scoring starts in the bottom of the fourth when Chicago's Jose Abreu hits his 12th home run of the year, and then Zach Collins drives in two more runs to make this a 4-0 ball game before Tampa gets their answer. Their answer comes off the bat of Kevin Kiermeyer, who hits a two-RBI double in the top of the fifth. This is just before a Brian Goodwin sack bunt starts off a nice little run for Chicago as they put themselves up 7-2 to two after the fifth. Yandy Diaz goes yard. Mike Zanino also goes yard before a top of the eighth run back into this where Yandy Diaz drives a run in and then a Manny Margot double ties the game at seven. And we will go into extras from there. No runs are able to get across on the Tampa side of the 10th. And it all came down to Yasmani Grandal hitting an RBI single to score the Manford runner and win the game for the White Sox eight to seven. Give the win to Burr, who pitched that last inning for Chicago out of the bullpen. Lucas Giolito went six innings, allowing four hits, three earned runs, and seven strikeouts, dropping his ERA to a 3.86. The loss would go to Pete Fairbanks, who went a third of an inning, allowing one run. That was the only run allowed by the relievers. I do not have the official math on this. However, that must have been two, three. So that must have been at least 25 straight innings now over the last four or five days that the Tampa Bay bullpen has not allowed a run. This is the first run that they've allowed in at least three days from them. Absolutely fantastic stuff, fantastic pitching. And how much can you really blame them for allowing an inherited runner to score there? So Ryan Yarbrough did get the start in this game. He went six and a third, allowing 10 hits, seven runs, five of them earned, and five strikeouts. 
Next up, we have Cincinnati and Milwaukee. And in the bottom of the third, Milwaukee gets things started with a Christian Yelich RBI single. Top of the fourth, Tyler Naquin hits an RBI double. And then in the top of the seventh, Tucker Barnhart hits the go-ahead RBI double to make this a two-to-one Cincinnati win. Give the win to Tyler Molly. He went six innings, allowing three hits, one earned run, and 12 strikeouts. A fantastic day for him. He's now 7-2 and two on the season. The loss goes to Freddie Peralta, who ends up with one of his worst starts of the year. I mean, this is a fantastic line here. Seven innings, allowing five hits, two earned runs, six strikeouts. But, like, that just goes to show you how I was, I'm kind of unimpressed by a losing line by Freddie Peralta because he's been so good. You've got a 2.28 ERA here. You're the third best pitcher on your team. Just great team building by Milwaukee everywhere but the lineup. Um, again, they've got five hits in this game. I'm not enti- I'm not surprised by that at all. Uh, two of them came off the bat of Daniel Vogelbach, and the only other runners that they got on were Urias and Robertson from walks. So you're not going to, no matter how good your pitching is, you're not going to be able to score runs if you don't put the bat on the ball. And this lineup just is not meant made for it. I mean, if he, if the guy you're relying on to carry this offense is Christian Yelich, who's currently got a 786 OPS, that is not that is not something you should be comfortable with. That's not something you should be proud of. Perhaps you have gone too far on this defensive trend that you've got to bolster your pitching. Let's get them some run support. Next, we got the A's and the Angels, and scoring started all in favor of the Angels early as they score four unanswered, including Shohei Otani's 19th home run of the year. He now trails Vladdy by, I believe, three home runs for the lead in the American League. But from there, it was all Oakland all day. Ramon Laureano says, see ya tomorrow in the bottom of the fourth his 12th of the year. And then in the bottom of the fifth, Mark Canna adds an RBI. And then a huge run comes here in the bottom of the sixth as they score six unanswered in that inning, eight unanswered total, I should say, to win this one, eight to four. Give the win to Smith for Oakland. He went an inning in the third in relief. And two strikeouts for Birch Smith after Colt Irvin went five and two thirds, allowing nine hits, four earned runs, and two strikeouts. The loss will go to Tony Watson, who failed to make an out in this game as he allows five hits and six earned runs during that sixth inning. This replaces Griffin Canning, who went five innings, allowing two earned runs and two strikeouts. He loves to spoil my fun, I will have to say. I mean, it must have been the next start or the start after I started calling him Griffin Recyclable that he all of a sudden became a competent MLB pitcher. Like he started putting, he didn't start putting up fine stats until I started making fun of him. So I'm not sure if I should just be proud of that or frustrated by that or where, where my emotions should lie, but I, I'm feeling a flurry of them over it. 
Next up, we have Washington and Pittsburgh here. Washington gets off and dominates scoring through the early part of this game with home runs by Jan Gomes and Josh Bell to put them up 3-0. Brian Reynolds adds an RBI for the Pirates in the top of the eighth, but they fall to the Nationals 3-1. Give the win to Espino for Washington, who goes five innings, allowing three hits, no earned runs, and two strikeouts. The loss will go to Carlos de Jong, who went four innings, allowing four hits, one earned, and five strikeouts in this game. Brad Hand gets the save in, that would be five outs, That is his 13th of the year. Next, we have the New York Yankees and the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, probably one of the biggest series, probably second to White Sox Rays in the American League this week because if, if they split, they're kind of both equally in hard times. However, if one team dominates this uh, series here, which it's looking like one might, the other team is going to be in really tough shape for gaining ground in this division. You currently have the Yankees, who are seven games out, the Jays at eight and a half games out. The next closest team is the Red Sox, who are six games above the Yankees. So if one team gets beaten up here, they could end up double digits back of the division lead. So let's see what's going on here. And the Yankees got a sacrifice fly out of Giancarlo Stanton scoring DJ LeMahieu in this first inning to make it a one, nothing game from there. uh, Toronto gets a flurry of scoring in between with a bottom of the first home run by Marcus Simeon, his 16th of the year and a homer by Kevin Biggio his sixth of the year in the fifth, but it's a Gary Sanchez home run, his 10th of the year that puts the Yankees over the top as that one sends two runs to both tie and win the game at three to two. Give the win to Garrett Cole, who goes eight innings, allowing two earned runs and four strikeouts. Certainly another guy add that with Sandy Alcantara of particular players that you should care about that I did not have written down yet and then the loss will go to Ross Stripling he went six and two thirds allowing two earned runs and nine strikeouts in this game a fine line but just not good enough for one of the best pitchers in the league uh Baltimore I don't know what else to say other than you're in rough shape here I mean these were the games that you cannot lose these games in division you cannot consistently lose them if you don't right the ship soon I mean you're at 33 and 33 there's the the clock is ticking for this season especially with how much talent is in your division I mean the Rays kind of got cut (laughs) they got got punched in the mouth with this whole Tyler Glass now thing but they're still going to be as good as ever the Red Sox aren't perfect but they're not an easy out they you just you just split with them you know they're they're not an easy out so you need to win every close game that you can and so far i have yet to see them win the close games with any form of consistency i mean they didn't win any of the close ones with boston they blew one of them and again here here we see a 3-2 loss against the yankees 
you you need you need to be more. I mean, this this is a situation where their very good offense didn't end up working out, but in the majority of it, they've got to fix this bullpen. They've got to just overall be better, play better, and then round out the rest of this. I mean, it sounds kind of silly when I say it like that, that you just need to be better, but they're not going to know definitively if there are any serious, serious issues in this offense if they don't play like a major league offense in the big games. So this is another area where this team was tested. They have failed. Moving over to Cleveland and Baltimore. This one started with scoring for Baltimore as they end the Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. First inning up 2-1. This inning did include Jose Ramirez's 15th home run of the year. In the top of the third, Ryan Mountcastle hit an RBI single to extend the lead to 3-1. And then in the bottom of the third, Cleveland goes on a major run, ends up scoring five earned runs in this inning. Ryan Mountcastle goes yard in the fifth, but ultimately... Baltimore will not be able to catch up to the Indians after that inning where they end up winning eight to seven. Give the win to Aaron Savalli. He went five innings, allowing nine hits, five earned runs, and two strikeouts. The loss will go to Travis Aiken. He went five and two-thirds, allowing eight earned runs and seven strikeouts. I'm sorry, that's Keegan Aiken. And the save goes to Emmanuel Classe, his 11th of the year, who he is now down to a 0.94 ERA. I have to guess that's like three earned runs. I'd be completely wrong here. Yeah, that is three home runs, three earned runs for him on this season. Been a fantastic stretch so far. Moving on to the Cubs and the Mets. The Mets ended up with a very strong start thanks to, of course, Jacob deGrom. Bottom of the second, Kevin Pillar is able to hit a double into right field. Quite a hot shot, and it scores one. And then from there, Jacob deGrom says, I'll I'll bring in some runners for myself. And hits a very well-struck RBI single into right field again to make this a 2-0 game. In the bottom of the third, Dominic Dom Smith hits his sixth home run of the year to right field and puts the team up three to one. But the big story is in this next inning, Jacob deGrom leaves the game with some right shoulder soreness. He left the game with an incredible line of three innings, no earned runs and eight strikeouts. He also had no hits over this time. So, Hopefully this isn't any lengthy injury. Of course, this is his two games back-to-back in which he has been pulled early due to something. 
So we will have to wait and see where this goes, but I, I hope to see Jacob deGrom a lot more this season. But in the top of the fourth, Anthony Rizzo goes yard to make cut the lead to two to to two at three to one Mets. And then in the bottom of the fourth, Lindor is able to get a walk around the bases and Dom Smith drives in another, extending this well out of reach as the Mets win this one six to three. Give the win to Reed Foley, who came in for DeGrom here. That's Sean Reed Foley. He went two innings, allowing one earned run. He walked two batters and did not strike out any. The loss will go to Stock, Robert Stock of former Red Sox infamy, who went four innings, allowing five earned runs, six walks, and three strikeouts. I am not surprised in the slightest as his ERA is now 11.25 for the Cubs. And the save goes to Edwin Diaz, who now has 14 saves on the year. Next up, as I just mentioned them, the Red Sox, as they take on the Braves down in Atlanta. Things started well for the Red Sox here, as in the top of the first, Hunter Renfro is able to hit a two-RBI single put Boston on the board. Abraham Almonte scores in the third inning on a sack fly to make this a 2-1 game. But then in the top of the fourth, Bobby Dahlbeck is able to rip a RBI single into left field, which is able to score one run. And then Garrett Richards hits a double into the right center gap in, in order to to Molly bring him in for that, of course, double on second base, but to bring in one more run, that being Bobby Dahlbeck, pitchers who rake. Bottom of the fourth, Ender Inciarte drives in a run. Freddie Freeman drives in a run to cut this down to a 4-3 game, but then Xander Bogarts hits a double. Rafael Devers hits another RBI single to extend this lead back out to three runs. From there, unfortunately, we have a very rough bottom of the fifth as Dansby Swanson goes yard, his 11th on the year. This ties the game at six before Freddie Freeman goes yard in the next inning to give Atlanta the lead. Luckily, Boston appears to have found their savior here as with the bases loaded and a 1-2 count Christian Arroyo with the grand salami piss missile way out of this park he puts them up 10 to 7 and they win this game 10 to 8 give the win to rios of the red sox who came in of in relief he was the second guy in he allowed no hits no earned garrett richards got the start here he went four innings allowing seven hits six runs four earned and three strikeouts the loss will go to Shane should have just gone to bed green. He allowed three earned runs in relief as Ian Anderson got the start, only going four innings, allowing four earned runs with five strikeouts. The save goes to Adam Adovino, his fourth of the year. All right, we have four more for you all today. Next up is the Astros and the Rangers, and this one starts off with a huge bomb by Jose Altuve 
his 14th of the year. And then in the bottom of the second, Chaz McCormick and Martin Maldonado go yard before the bottom of the top of the third season, Eli White homer, and then a Miles Straw homer. This was a laser show early, but Houston pulls out to a 5-1 advantage. In the bottom of the sixth, Nick Solak gets two runs off of Houston to make this a 5-3 game, but that's only for Chaz McCormick to go yard a second time in this game. Eli White goes yard. Once again, we are now on two players. For those of you who are counting who are on a bingo bango, you'll have to wait and see if they're able to get to the bingo bango Yahtzee. But first, just a friendly reminder of our trivia game that we have going we do just about every day, every weekday, we have a new question out. All it is is name the player. We give you a bunch of hints, and you have to figure out who it was. I can read it off today's, or yesterday's, actually. We had the, the clue be who wore 18 for Kansas City. I believe that's 18 for San Diego, 18 for Boston, 18 for the New York Yankees, 18 for the Tigers, 22 for the Rays, and 33 for, I'm not sure who. It was a two-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion who was born in 1973 in Kansas, but attended high school in Florida. He was drafted in the first round in 1992 with a career 104 OPS+. plus. This man, if you haven't figured it out yet, was none other than Johnny Damon, who won the World Series with both the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. But back to our regularly scheduled programming after just remind you, if you can't win if you don't play, just come on in. Even you can copy somebody else's out of the replies. If it's right, you get points, you get a step closer to being in that sweet spot to get some free t-shirts. But moving on with this game, we are now with two Bingo Bango Yahtzee watches in the bottom of the seventh where Carlos Correa drives in a run. And then the bottom of the eighth, Jose Altuve gets himself on the watch with his second home run of the game. Another solo piece, his 15th on the year to get us to our final score of eight to four Astros. Give the win to Zach Granke. He went five and two thirds, allowing three earned runs and four strikeouts. The loss goes to Jordan Lyles, who went four and a third allowing five earned runs, three strikeouts, and four home runs in this game for the Rangers. Moving into the continually embarrassing slide of the Arizona Diamondbacks as they play the San Francisco Giants. Hopefully I haven't dipped my cap too much here. Top of the first, Cattell Marte is able to reach on an error. This drives in one run off of that hit, and then Eduardo Escobar doubles later that inning to make this 2-0 Arizona. Bottom of the first, and Buster Posey says goodbye to the ball that he hit out to left field. This puts San Francisco up 3-2 already. Jason Vossler drives in another run that inning before the bottom of the fourth and bottom of the fifth see nine runs in favor of the Giants, despite a five-run sixth inning for the Diamondbacks, which included an Estrubal Cabrera home run. They were unable to get back in this game as they fall to the Giants 
13 to 7. Give the win to Anthony Desclafani. He went five innings, allowing five hits, two earned runs, and five strikeouts. The loss goes to Merrill Kelly. He went three innings, allowing four earned runs and four strikeouts. This is just getting embarrassing. The Diamondbacks currently stand at 20 and 49. This is just another pin in their little cap. They are easily the best team at playing this game of losing that only they are playing. Like, this has been an absolute disaster. I'm unfamiliar. I want to say it's 14 in a row. Brandon usually has what that streak is at. I'm sorry, it's 13 in a row now. And they're, of course, down to a minus 90 run differential here on the season. It couldn't get any worse at this point. You've got Pittsburgh above you. You have Baltimore above you, not by much, but you're doing it in such an embarrassing fashion at this point. It's almost a skill. Actually, with that being said, we aren't watch. We haven't been watching it because we've been so focused on Arizona. Maybe that's what they want us to be. But the Pittsburgh Pirates are currently on a ten-game skid themselves, down at twenty-three and forty-four. So certainly, of course, we're going to be able to get on them as soon as Arizona breaks out of this, if they ever break out of this. At this point, it feels like that's a long ways away. Next up, we got Minnesota and Seattle, and. This starts off pretty well for Minnesota as they score the first seven runs of this game. This includes a Nelson Cruz home run, his 14th of the year as he gets ever closer to that 500 home run milestone. And then Ryan Jeffers hits his fourth home run of the year later in that inning as Minnesota, of course, gets up 7 nothing. Shedlong Jr. is able to drive in a run as well as Ty France in this game for Seattle, but they fall at a score of 7-2. to two. The win will go to Caleb Thielbar of the Minnesota Twins. He went two innings, allowing one earned run and four strikeouts for, in relief of Ober of Minnesota, who went four innings, allowing one hit, no earned runs, and six strikeouts. The loss goes to Justice Sheffield. He went five innings, allowing 10 10 hits, seven earned runs, not much better, and four strikeouts in this game. Another embarrassing loss tonight. And then the Phillies bounce back against the Dodgers to remain and just get above 500. In this one, we saw a Reese Hoskins first inning home run in his 13th of the year. And then in the top of the third, JT Ryle Muto, is able to score a double Herrera on a double, and this makes it to our 2-0 final. Give the win to Zach Wheeler. He went six innings, allowing five hits, no earned runs, and six strikeouts. The loss goes to Clayton Kershaw. He went six innings, allowing eight hits, two earned runs, and nine strikeouts in this performance. You know, it's not a bad loss. You don't want any loss at this point especially with the Giants being able, getting the privilege of playing the Diamondbacks right now. But you kind of have to take it with as good a team as the Phillies are. All right, next up we have, of course, the PPP before we will do a quick leaderboard segment and we'll, I'll let you go. The first is going to be the Red Sox lineup. 
as mostly because of the designated hitter rule in the American League, they broke a massive cold streak against NL teams here. Today's Red Sox lineup, everybody got hits in the starting lineup, mostly because, of course, Garrett Richards is able to get that double. That's the big elusive piece for most American League teams in the lineup is that pitcher. And that breaks a streak of the Red Sox not having every starter get a hit in the National League since June 15th of 1972. So it was a little over whatever the year mark is. I want to say that's 48 years. So it's 48 years in a day was how long it took the Red Sox to be able to get every every single person one through nine in the starting lineup to have at least one hit. Next up, we have Jose Altuve, who, of course, I mentioned for a bingo bango Yahtzee watch. Of course, his second homer came a little too late for it to be consequential. However, what he did earlier on and yesterday was even more spectacular as he ends the game on, what would that be? That would be Tuesday with a grand slam. He then became the first player to open the next game with a solo home run in the leadoff spot ever, I believe, or at least in like a very long time. So props to him. That that, 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 that takes a little bit of luck, a lot of bit of skill, a lot of hard work. You can't miss those easy, those gimme pitches. My last member I will be talking about here in the PPP is Xander Bogarts, who again, we've been talking about it a lot this year. It's kind of been the theme where he's starting to compile enough stats where he is starting to be mentioned among the greats of Boston, certainly among the great infielders of Boston. And he has just put another notch in his cap today as he ends up with 401 career extra base hits with this game. And among players, who have not turned yet turned 29 years old. So anyone who's younger than 29 years old, he now sits at fifth as one of five players with 400 plus extra base hits before 29, including Carly Ostremski, Ted Williams, Jim Rice, and Bobby Doerr. It appears to me, I was doing the math, he has a good chance to pass both Rice and Door this year. He does turn 29 this season. Of course, you can't you can't be surprised that he's pretty close. I mean, those last couple of guys are all of these guys are amazing players, all are Hall of Famers. So you can't complain with that. However, he should pass Bobby Door at 428 pretty handily this season. I projected out based on his 2019. Of course, he is having a much better year than 2019. So fingers crossed it continues and he's able to keep going. But if he had the exact same amount of extra base hits as he did in 2019, his next best season to this year, he would end up just shy of Jim Rice for third all-time among Red Sox with 456. Rice has 458. So him and Ted Williams are well within the margin of error at 462 for him to be able to 
pull himself way up in that among Hall of Famers. And of course, I believe there was another one for like 24 or 25 the past week or two that I heard of that also put basically it was a list of extra base hit leaders and everyone on it was a Hall of Famer with the exception of Mookie Betts, Raphael Devers, Xander Bogarts, and Tony C. So that was, of course, incredibly elite company to be in. So, I mean, this, this is a guy who, you know, we've been talking about where does he exactly sit among the lore of the league? I have to start to think it's pretty good. I mean, he's certainly starting to cement himself as one of the best Red Sox ever. If he continues with his contract, if he continues in Boston, that legend is only going to grow. And his production doesn't seem to be slowing down on the offensive end. This is now uh, dating back to 2018. Since he hit 25, he has been absolutely brilliant at the plate. And I would not bet on it slowing down. Let's go through real quick some, of course, of the qualified leaders in hitting. However, just just for the fun of it, let's go with some pitchers for today. We are going to look at who has been the best pitchers in the league this year as far as hitting goes. I'm going to go ahead and put... What is DeGrom? DeGrom DeGrom is good. So I'm going to go ahead and put, I think 20 is a fair number because he did miss time too. So among pitchers with at least 20 plate appearances this year, let's see who has the highest weighted on base average will go to Jacob DeGrom. who, Who else other than Jacob DeGrom could do that? He currently stands with a 400 batting average, a 400 on base percentage, and a 440 slugging percentage he has been brilliant both of course on the mound and in the batter's box this year as he just continues to drive in rbis he has that's not including tonight so he has six rbis this year he has three earned runs on the season like these numbers again just video game numbers that he's been putting up past him we have max freed a 365 weighted on base average. Joe Ross of the Nationals also comes in here at 294. Clayton Kershaw and Jack Flaherty round out the top five. I'm curious. I'm not 100% sure if Huascar Yanoa is the only one with two plus homers. He is not. Adrian Hauser is the only pit qualified pitcher let's call that qualified pitcher so 20 20 minimum plate appearances among those guys he is the only one with multiple home runs he has two currently on the season let me pull this back to see what else there is here um home runs yeah it's entire it's this list goes just to huascar yanoa and adrian hauser both tied at two home runs from there, Eric Lauer, also of Milwaukee, and Jack Flaherty are the only other pitchers in the league with home runs this year. They both have one. That will be all for tonight. 
Thank you very much for listening along. Please make sure you go ahead and follow at MLB Daily Pod on Twitter for more great baseball content day long. You can extend your time seeing stuff that we like, seeing the things that we don't like, talking about baseball with us every day. Go ahead and follow us over there. If you're not into that, that's totally cool. Just stick around and we will see you on the flippity flop. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.